What's up and welcome to the single player experience. As always, I'm your host Sebastian Malton and today we're taking a deep dive into the point and click games of 2022. I say we because my special guest today is none other than the point and click expert Rachel Britton. Rachel is a video games writer and she's the CEO of the Indie Dive. She's played and reviewed tons of point and click games so when I was thinking of doing the best point and click games of 2022, I just knew I had to have her on this episode. So in this episode, she's going to give you those game recommendations and she's going to give you some other indie game recommendations, including her indie games of the year. We got all this and more coming right after the intro. DJ, start the intro, man. This is the Single Player Experience, the podcast that helps single player gamers manage their video game backlog. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my main quest is to help you manage your ever-growing video game backlog by letting you know which single player games are worth your time and money so that you can have the best single player experience. Now, without further ado, let's start the show. DJ, cut the beat. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, like I said in the intro, we have a very special guest with us today. I'm so excited because today I am with an insanely talented writer. She's a writer of all things video games, especially on the indie side. You can see some of her works at theindiehive.com where she writes insanely, insanely good video game reviews on indie games. She's also the co-host of the Indie Backlog Club podcast that you simply just have to check out. So she's the CEO of Indie Dive. This is the one, the only, Rachel Brereton. Rachel, Hi. how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. It's really great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, I'm very glad to have you on the show. Like I said in the intro, I'm, I'm so excited for you to be on the show today. So for the people who might not know you, though, can you introduce yourself to the audience? I'm Rachel. I'm the co-founder of Indie Hive. People might know me online as Aralee. Indie Hive's an indie game review website started in 2019. I've since been handed the reins and do most of the writing, but we have occasional pieces from David, the other co-founder, and uh, Tomasta, a fellow reviewer that joined the team this year. Oh, that's exciting. So what, what made you want to start writing about indie games? I spent most of my, well, about 10 years playing World of Warcraft. So, and then I sort of, delved into indie games when I stopped and just realized there was a whole wealth of other stuff out there and they just have such great narratives and the stuff I play anyway it's the focus seems to be different to a lot of the sort of AAA stuff so more heartfelt so I got a question was the was there a specific indie game that really just like made you fall in love with the the whole genre of indies um Oh, I don't know. The first thing I played after playing WoW for 10 years was Life is Strange. Oh, such a good one. Such yeah, a good so one. Love the stories in that. Um, and that was just so completely different to what I had been playing. Like, this worlds apart from big MMO. And yeah, that just really opened my eyes. It was I can a tell. revelation. Yeah, I can completely understand that because Life is Strange is like almost as far as you can get from World of Warcraft as possible. <laughs> it is a vastly different genre of games. And, you know, in its own right, it is so heavily like narrative based that I can understand why you just get so enthralled in that type of story, though. Yeah, it just sucks you in. It's um, 
and all the choices there's like a casual feel to it but there's this drama and these moments of urgency and it's just keep you invested and keep you on your toes it really does it really does so Rachel, for all my first time guests, I have a, a sort of ritual, so to speak, where I give them the hardest video game question of all time. Rachel, what's your top five games of all time? Dear Esther's up there for sure, the landmark edition. It's just it's beautiful, emotional. It's kind of revolutionary as one of the first or maybe even the first walking simulator. Started its life as a Half-Life mod, which is yeah, kind of... I find it quite interesting, like looking at how the game was made and how it evolved. And just, I've got really fond memories of watching a live playthrough of it as well. I went to Cardiff and they had live music and live narration to go along with it. And it was, that was just a really amazing experience. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, so that's, that's probably one of my, my all time favorite game, Dear Esther by uh, Chinese Room. Okay. Unreal Tournament. Oh, that's okay. Okay, I can uh, see that. Used, used to play the Game of the Year edition. It's got real big nostalgia value for me. So, um, used to play sort of four or five way LAN games with my dad and my siblings. And it's the only FPS I can beat my boyfriend at. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. So, yeah, that's very fun. <laughs> so, do y'all play a lot together? Yeah, I mean, not so much because I play so many indie games. There's not a lot of um, co-op stuff, but we do sort of sit and play games together. We've obviously played Unreal Tournament together and we've played Life is Strange 2 together. Mm -hmm. Life is Strange is another one of my top five games. Did you ever play like Overcooked or anything like that together? No, I've never played that one, actually. Oh, yeah, y'all should try that one out. Overcooked is so fun to play co-op. Now, the arguments might ensue, but like the <laughs> the way that you two can, uh, you know, like try to put like put together these different orders and then push them out to, to the customers that are waiting for them all the while where there's a time limit going on. It's it's chaos. It's absolute yeah. chaos, but in the best way, though. Yeah, it's, I've seen it. It seems it looks hectic, <laughs> it fun is. hectic, but yeah. To uh, take a look at that one at some point. It is. So you were, what were the other other games in your top five? Like I said, Life is Strange, just because it opened my eyes so much. And kind of begrudgingly because of what it is now, but World of Warcraft, I gave that game 10 years. Like I started playing it because I was doing my university dissertation on MMOs and looking at like motivations of play. And I figured I, you know, I have to at least play one to write 10,000 words about this subject. So, <laughs> yeah, and then I just got hooked and didn't really play much else for quite a while. But I met my best friend playing playing World of Warcraft. So, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, we've known each other a long time now. That's definitely a great thing that's come out of it. I think you're on the last one. Yeah. Pretty welcome to Elk. That's a fairly recent one. I think that came out in 2020. It's mm -hmm. by triple topping and it's it's like loads of stories within a story and they're they're based on real events and they're harrowing and emotional but the visual style is this like cute cartoon artwork and the juxtaposition is just i don't know, really nice it's just got really powerful narrative and narrative design 
That sounds really good. I'll have to check that one out. That's was yeah. it? Did you play it on um, Steam? Yeah, yeah. I play most games on Steam. I don't actually own any consoles. Ah, so just a PC player. Yep. So That's... I mean, I got a question for you. Like, with you being just a PC player and then playing a lot of indie games, do you have any desire to actually want to get the Steam Deck? Yeah, that's probably the only handheld have any interest in. But blimey, they're expensive. <laughs> they really like, are. Like that would be one hell of a treat. It really will. It really will. I mean, sometimes you gotta treat yourself. But you know, like it, like you're saying, it would be very much a a big buy, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I got a question for you before we begin with topic of the show, Rachel. Yep. All right. So. If Kirby absorbed you, what kind of superpower would he end up getting? Oh, blimey. Um, <laughs> some sort of magic paint. I like painting. Okay. Go a bit random. <laughs> okay. That, that is a really cool guess. A, a, like, a really cool like power to have. And I've never gotten that power before. When I ask people like that sort of question, they've always come back with different answers. That's the first time I've gotten painting, though like change things in the world by painting on top of them or something i don't know oh that would be really cool <laughs> that would be a cool power so let's talk about the topic of the show so one of the big reasons that i am so excited to have you as a guest of the show today is because of the main topic of the show and that's because we're talking about these indie games of 2022 that really stood out and to you especially because you have written so many articles for the Indie Hive. I'm wondering which ones, what is the cream of the crop of indie games that you feel like are like, these are the 2022 must-play indies? I'll hold off on giving you my top game. Okay. Here. One I really loved was Lost in Play. It's just a fantastic point-and-click puzzle game. Really jolly, upbeat. Um you basically play as these two children and they've gone out playing make-believe and they wander too far from home and then you have this big epic adventure trying to get back. Mm -hmm. it's, oh, it's so cute and the puzzles are just like the right level of difficulty, really satisfying. That sounds pretty good. So did you enjoy the art style? Yeah, yeah. It's another sort of cartoon art style, but really vibrant and colorful. Mm-hmm. I saw the trailer for this one a while back and I think I can remember one of the characters had like a red afro and that kind of yeah. really stood out to me. <laughs> but it looks like a fun game. I, I'm sad that I never actually got to it, but I think I'll I'll put this on my backlog list and check this one out though. Yeah, for sure. It's really fun. I it's another one I played with my boyfriend, like a second playthrough. Let like because I enjoyed it so much, I was just quite happy to play it again about a month later. Just so when you say you played with him, were you able to like play co-op or was this like he was a backseat gamer where he was watching you play? Take it in turns. Oh, okay, that that's pretty cool. Yeah, I played quite a lot of games like that because, like I said, there's not a lot of co-op indie games. Mm -hmm. At least not that I've found that I've really enjoyed. So, so I guess just the genres I like lend themselves to being single player. So oh, Okay, I'm, I'm the same way. You know, like that's part of the reason why I loved talking about single player games on the podcast is just because mm -hmm. like I love getting enthralled in a good story so like I'm right there with you like and single player games usually have those like deep stories that you know almost are very much like books to where it's like a curated world just for you to experience you know 
yeah, I definitely know. That's exactly how I feel about a lot of the narrative-based games that I play. Mm -hmm. So let Um, me ask you, like, when you're reviewing different games, does your boyfriend's, like, opinions feel, do they match up with what you feel when you're reviewing a game? Or do you feel like he's a little bit more, like, does he have different opinions? Doesn't always match up. I sometimes like the indie games a bit more. We've got slightly different tastes. <laughs> but there's games he plays that I don't really enjoy as well. But yeah, for the for the most part, it agrees with my opinions, even if uh, sort of okay. overall. Okay. Where where are some of the other games that kind of stood out to you? This year, I mean, if you like story games, you've got to play Beacon Pines. I loved Beacon Pines. Absolutely yeah. loved Beacon Pines. It's oh, it felt like being read a bedtime story, finding all the charms to change how things happen and work it out. It's just the, the narration itself was just oh, the narrator was magnificent in that game. Yeah, like, probably my favorite character. And there's so many, there's so many good characters in that game, but like. The way the narrator speaks and the way that she like kind of like changes like kind of where she like gives her take on what happened when you like quote unquote lose the game so to speak is like yeah. so good. I loved it. Yeah, it's um just I don't know the sort of intonation and the sort of gentle tone like sort of going back to that bedtime story kind of feel it just felt really wholesome despite what was going on in the game. A very deceiving game as well, because like when you look at it, you you sort of get a wholesome vibe, and then it turns out to be like you know, Peaky Blinders are almost like a darker version of Winnie the Pooh, so to speak. I'll go ahead. Sinister. I was just gonna say, there's all this sinister stuff going on, and it's mm-hmm. like gets really dark, but it's cute as the heck. And it really is. The painterly like art style. It's sort of cartoonish, but with a yeah, like a painterly feel to it. It's kind of softer than some of the other games I've mentioned, their art styles. Yeah, for sure. So it's like when I I did an interview with uh, the leading developer, Matt Meyer, for, for Beacon Pines. And he oh, mentioned, wow. yeah, yeah. And he mentioned that he, when he originally, his, when he was originally thinking about creating this game, like it w- it started off as a fantasy game, completely different genre, completely like, and that's why they have the woodland creatures. But like, it sort of it changed over time, and his vision changed over time, to, and it ended up being like Beacon Pines with the charms and everything like that. But originally, he was going for a completely different game and a completely different genre. Someone I know told me about that as well, and it was really interesting how much it changed from the original sort of vision. Yeah, it is a very, very interesting game. And I feel like not enough people have played that one because like that is one of the best narratives I've played in a long time. And it took me by surprise. Like there were moments where I played it and I was just like shocked about what was happening. Yeah. Same. I mean, the first time you lose, mm-hmm. you're like, oh no, what's going on? And then <laughs> sort of realize you don't need to panic quite as much, but... Yeah, for sure. And I've never, I, I don't know about you, but I've never played a game with the, the charm element to it, to where you, you would use the word and kind of change the whole, the whole like trajectory with the, where the story was going in that manner. Like, I've never played a game like that. Have you? No, not like that. Probably the closest I've played is Heimrich, and it's kind of a platformer thing, but mm-hmm. you get different words to 
sort of make those weapons or to for actions and stuff and you have to sort of insert them as you're running along it's uh i haven't played it for a few years so my memory's a bit wishy-washy but yeah that definitely had words being implemented to make things happen in the game no it's a it's a unique premise so you know everyone go check out beacon pods it's not getting enough love and if you have xbox game pass or if you have um game pass on pc it is on both platforms and you know it's on steam switch it's pretty much everywhere so i'm like definitely go check this game out you will not be disappointed yeah (laughs) so rachel i think you were telling us about some of the other games on the list one of the games that i really enjoyed playing this year is a short free game by a solo developer called brendan ty um it's called caris fail it's take you less than an hour to play but it's a lot of fun and it's got a lot of it's got a nice surprising little twist um it's a narrative focused top-down detective game really cute pixel art and collectibles and really fun mystery so you said it took you about it takes you about an hour to finish yep and it's completely free that's on steam and itch i think Oh, that's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. So, like, with it having to do so much in one hour, do you feel like it was paced really well? Yeah, the pacing's great. And, um, like, it really wraps everything up nicely and with with this sort of twist and keeps you guessing the whole way through, despite how short it is. Yeah, it uses its time really well. Oh, that's good. I'm I'm sort of seeing a theme here with the games you like. You like a cutesy art styles with a little bit of a twist to it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Like a little <laughs> bit of macabre and some some cuteness. I, I love that sort of juxtaposition of the cute and creepy. Yeah, which I like Beacon Pines did really well. Mm-hmm. So, question before you go into your next game, I'm like, with you liking that sort of mixture, did you really play and experience Cult of the Lamb? No, that's not one that I was um, really drawn to. To be honest, I know it's. A really great game. Like I, I know people that have played it and really enjoyed it. I've read reviews. It's obviously a quality game, but it's just not one that appealed to me. So I haven't played it. I understand. I understand. I just thought maybe with you liking that mixture of aesthetics, you know, you would that oh, would be right up your alley. Yeah, the art style is like I wished I liked the genre. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to want to play it because it looked so nice. I understand completely. So what's the next game on your list? A bit different. Arise. It's an emotional puzzle platformer. And you sort of travel through past memories and you have to solve these puzzles that need you to manipulate time in order to change the surroundings. It just tells such a beautiful story of sort of loss and hardship and... I'm not even one for platformers normally. Like that's not a one of my favorite genres, but this one was just so good that it's yeah, one of my favorite games of the year. Oh, sure. I gotcha. I gotcha. It's um Arise a simple story, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have not checked that one out, but I did see the um trailer for it and I think it was while I was watching some Switch trailers and it looks good. It really, it looks like a game that had a very, very cool aesthetic, very cool art style. I, you know, like the main character with that long, like beard sort of looked 
almost imposing in a cute sort of way. And I was kind of intrigued, intrigued to see what the, the story was. But now that I now that I got an endorsement for it, I'll definitely go check that one out. He's not imposing. He's <laughs> he's endearing. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. He's yeah, a delightful character and the story's just amazing. Like really pulls on the heartstrings kind of story. Oh, that's good. I enjoy games like that. Yeah, anything that gives me feels. Oh, um, yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I, I love an emotional journey, like anything. That's why I'm like so drawn to games like The Last of Us and all that kind of stuff, because I'm like, I want to see these characters like give me give me something that makes me like feel feel something like whether it be like heavy weight of what they're going through, whether it be like uh, like regret, despair, grief, or whether it just be like the high points in life, the high emotions. Like I just, you know, I love that, that roller coaster of emotions that games take us through. Oh, and the last of us is such a good example of that. It's like, mm-hmm. I love that game. Emotional roller coaster. It. it really is. It really is. I love that game. That's probably, it's up there in my top five, like top favorite games of all time. Cause I, I adore the last of us. The story of Joel and Ellie just gets to me every time. That's probably a game I can play like at least once a year. I've only played each of them once. I had to wait so long because not owning consoles, I was uh, sort of refused to watch a playthrough. So I waited mm-hmm. for years and only played, I think last year, that's mm-hmm. when I played it. I was visiting my boyfriend who's got a PlayStation. So, what was that experience like going from um con- going from playing on PC you know, like and then picking up that controller and playing The Last of Us? Does it feel weird to play a game with a controller like that? Uh, I use a controller on the PC sometimes, okay. but it's an Xbox controller. So mm-hmm. I found obviously playing on PlayStation, I found myself looking at the controller all the time, <laughs> like trying to check where the buttons were. Felt like proper noob. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you know, like for me, like. I've used both controllers probably ever since I could walk at this point. But like, I think what bothers a lot of people is the the shiftment, the shifting of the analogs to where like PlayStation has two of the analog sticks like right in front and then Xbox mm. has it in those like weird diagonal kind of like, you know, like it's almost offset. It's the yeah. offset analogs. And I think that kind of throws the layoff off quite a bit. But yeah, yeah it just changes the sort of feel of it in your hand. It does. It feels a bit it, alien. <laughs> it does. It does. So you mostly play play um well you play a lot of the games that you play on your PC through controller. Is um a rise one that you were able to use the controller for? I think it was actually, yeah. I don't know if I'd wanted to play that on keyboard and mouse. It's it sort of depends on what the game is. Some games I prefer to play with a keyboard and some that lend themselves to a controller a bit better. Yeah, I mean, you've grown so accustomed to the keyboard and mouse, though, through like a decade playing WoW, though. So, like, it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like knowing the back of your hand at this point. Yeah, pretty much. I never mm-hmm. got into the sort of, yeah, a mouse with 20,000 buttons or any of that sort of stuff. But <laughs> yeah, pretty accustomed to playing like that. So, what's the next game on the list that really stood out to you this year? Probably only just classed as indie, but stray. Ah, oh, uh, do you have a cat? I do. Yeah. Ah, so, how'd your cat react to you playing stray? Just really entertaining watching the cat react to all the cats on screen, their movement and the noise. Like, you know, ears pricked up, turned around, like staring at the screen avidly. Like, what's that? 
what's going on? <laughs> loved it. That was like part of the enjoyment of playing the game for me was seeing my cat react to it. <laughs> I bet, I bet. I enjoyed um seeing so many of the the TikToks and the and the Instagram reels of like the cats just like reacting to the stray cat on the screen. Like mm. some of them would stop what they were doing and just look up like who's here, <laughs> who's here or something. But it was it was very entertaining. Yeah, definitely. It was um it was cute. So I got a question, like, what about Stray that that really drew you in? Like, was it the fact that it was just a game about a cat? Like, what was some of the other things you liked about the game? What first drew me in was the visuals and, yeah, the fact that it's you get to play as a cat with a little backpack. Like, not going to lie. It's cute. <laughs> I want to do that. But once I got playing, like, the exploration is, there's so much to look at and people to talk to and stuff to find it's really fascinating environment and setting it was just really fun to bumble about and explore and see everything yeah i understand that i like the aesthetics too and the future world that they built there was pretty impressive like yeah it really was i i really enjoyed the the whole vibe of it the aesthetics i i loved a lot of things about stray um while I wasn't like blown away by the story as much as I thought I would be going into the game, I did enjoy my time with it. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think I probably like I didn't really know what to expect from the story, so I didn't I wasn't disappointed by it, but there's maybe not as much there as I would have liked. But yeah. Had enough to stand out and be one of my favorites this year. Yeah, I can understand that completely. So what's the, another game on the list? Probably my favorite game of this year. Uh-oh, um, the indie game of the year? Yeah, I mean, I've, oh, see if I can think of any others that I released. Oh, I'm, I'm excited to hear what your indie game of the year is, though. I'm like, what your game of the year is. I'm so curious, because you, you've played a lot of indies this year. Yeah, yeah, probably a hundred or so. <laughs> That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Actually, another one that did really stand out was um, A Pet Shop After Dark. Oh, okay. I haven't heard of that one. What's the premise of that? You get a job running a pet shop and you have to feed the plants and... Sorry, feed the animals and water <laughs> the plants. You feed the plants too. But something a bit disturbing is going on. It's a sort of... It's another one that looks really cute, but it's actually like this psychological horror and... Oh, Half wow. the game takes place in your game files. Oh wow, that's like, that's interesting. Like uh, you have to turn off the light, and to do that, you have to go into the game files and delete a file called light, and loads of stuff like that. It's just I don't know. It's really interesting and not something I've really experienced before. So that stood out to me for that reason. That's interesting. I have a question for you. Did you get around to playing Baron Breakfast this year? I didn't, but that looked so cute. I, I thought about it. Like, uh, you know, like with us talking about that, I was just like, with your vibe of games, I was just like, she seems like a Baron Breakfast kind of person too. I think I'd played a few games of the same sort of genre mm -hmm. around the same time. And I was just, I needed something different. So I, I understand. sort of pursue pursue that one but might get it at some point because it did look like something i'd enjoy 
I understand. So what is your game of the year so far? Well, I guess, you know, since we're 15 or 16 days away from the year being over, what is your overall game of the year? Ghost on the Shore. Wow. Okay. Can you give the premise to the audience? Yeah, you play as a character called Riley and you're out on your boat and you end up on the rogue islands after you're caught in a storm. It's like this really dramatic opening scene. And you, as you get to the rogue islands, you become accompanied by this mysterious ghost sort of talking to you from inside your head named Josh and you've got to explore these three islands and work out this tragic history and try and set him free and there's just so much to explore there's all these things to find like tapes and letters and photos and you sort of gradually unravel all these stories that are interwoven and it's just such clever narrative like the way it's put together and the way it's revealed to the player got multiple endings as well so you know um i got a question for you did you ever play um what remains of edith fish yeah yeah i love that game does it good is this kind of similar because i was looking at the trailer a little bit ago and it kind of gives me those edith fish vibes a little bit kind of in the way the story's delivered and narrative aspect of it it's and there is a kind of creepiness to some of it as well so Mm -hmm. yeah i can i can see why you draw similarities there for sure but it's i mean one of the standout features of ghost on the shore though is its soundtrack whereas like edith finch this is the art style and Mm -hmm. art styles plural like ghost on the shore's just got this beautiful soundtrack um that's that's intriguing i so the developers like charlie is what i'm seeing right here and so how long did it take you to beat this game maybe about five hours oh it's not bad yeah but like i said it's definitely got replay value i've played it three times now and it only came out in february oh wow that game really stood out to you yeah well we um we played it for the indie backlog club Mm -hmm. so we got to chat about it but then we interviewed like charlie as well which was so much fun talking to them about the game and hearing some of the behind the scenes stuff and that was just a really fun experience that sounds really cool that sounds really cool so i gotta ask you what is there any characters that kind of stood out to you in the game or um i I know you're playing as the central you know protagonist but i'm like was there any other supporting characters in the game Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, my days. I'm drawing a blank on the actual <laughs> name. But there's this sort of slightly hippie woman that's leaving cassette tapes all over the place. And she's also, I mean, I don't want to reveal anything mm-hmm. too much, but um, she's sort of struggling being on the islands. And it's just a really interesting character. And she sings this song. That's that's my favorite track on the on the soundtrack. It's the heart of Little Rogue. It's, oh, that sounds cool. Is this your favorite soundtrack of the year as well from video games? Yeah, from this year, definitely. Oh, okay. Well, that's that sounds like a must play. I, I'm definitely intrigued. Uh, you know, like 
especially with the the short runtime there. I'm like, that seems like a, a fun afternoon where I can just like kick back on a weekend and just mow through this game and really get a really cool experience out of it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say mow through it because there's, there's all this stuff to collect and see and it. It all adds to the story and some of it's missable. So. Oh, okay. So definitely take your time and explore a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Okay. For sure. I got a couple of games I've played recently and I kind of wanted to kind of get your your take on them. A Walk with Yaya. Have you played this one? Yes. Yes. Ah. Oh, lovely game. It is such a lovely game. I um I played this recently and I couldn't help it. I teared up playing this. Like it really hit hard for me and just the the relationship between the main character and his grandmother just like it just spoke to me. Uh, you know, I feel like we've we've all had a relationship very similar to that, you know, that almost, if not that elderly grandparent relationship, but something very similar to that. And I don't know, it just, it, it really hit home for me. How did you feel about the game? Well, it's the same. It's really, like you said, relatable. Even if you don't have an elderly grandparent, you've, you've got people you care about. And even if it's just nursing them through a cold or something, We've all got those experiences of sort of trying to look after people. It's just it's another game that only took me an hour to play through. Like I went through that game in probably about an hour and it was it's so much good content packed in that hour. Yeah. I don't think I think I probably played it in less than an hour as well. I got stuck trying to find there's a cat side quest that I kinda got. Stuck trying to figure out how to get the cat to come to me, but wow, oh, I didn't do, I didn't manage that either. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was the the part that kind of really I really got stuck on. But yeah, I I really enjoy the game. I think more people should check this one out. A walk with Yaya. You can play it on Steam. You know, on your PC, it's Steam Deck compatible as well. If you want to play it like that, but definitely a game that if you really enjoy shorter narrative experiences, you will have a, a really good time playing this game. It's another one with a really cute art style, that that black and white pixel art. Like, Oh my goodness, yeah. And sort then, of retro vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. And then they have like these weird, uh, these really cool, like not necessarily side quests, but like different gameplay aesthetics and gameplay um, designs that where it completely changes the nature of the way you're playing. Like, the plane or the or the piano sequence in the games to where like it changes the formula of how you play the game a little bit just for like a small segment in time just enough to shake things up a bit yeah it's like adds some nice variety in there and like even with the art style the pictures on the in the bar mm -hmm. sort of look like chalk drawings on a blackboard just little details like that and little bits of variation these yes. nice little touches yeah, it, it is such a gem. It really is. There's another game I was wondering if you played. It's called A Wayward Strand. Yes, that was actually <laughs> going to be another one I was going to mention as a top game this year. It's got the same sort of vibe, hasn't it? Like, it really does. It really does. Like caring for people and sort of spend the whole game trying to be helpful. <laughs> yeah, you do. And it's another good example of like a point and click game that offers some really cool gameplay and doesn't really just feel like you're playing a it doesn't feel like you're playing a point and click game, so to speak. It feels like you're playing through a story that has like some solid gameplay elements as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely some sort of interesting mechanics 
and I like point and click games. I don't necessarily think they're lacking if they don't no. have that, but it's it's definitely nice when they do have that extra you know like gameplay. You know, like what I mean by like the gameplay hook is like, you know, like Beacon Pines is a point and click game, but it has like a another layer to it to where like yeah. it completely changes things up where it kind of feels like it's almost just it has like a uniqueness to its point and click style, you know what I mean? Yeah, you sort of question whether or not you should even call it a point and click at that Exa- point. It's, exactly. Yeah, Wayward Strand was just what's the character's name? Casey. Mm-hmm. Just know, just really sweet and the way she interacts with people and the stories that you get told and again sort of piecing things together and elements of mystery and stuff in there. Just a really well rounded experience and again really moving Mm -hmm. it really is like i thoroughly enjoyed it i really did like i i really liked um the story as well not to spoil anything because like getting into the anything involved in that story feels like a spoiler (laughs) (laughs) because there's it it really is such a like a heavy narrative game that any like just broaching anything about that story feels like a spoiler but like it is a solid game and it's a shorter experience as well yeah, I mean, it's, um, I can't remember how long I spent playing that, but the, probably my favorite thing about it was the characters. Just oh, really good characters. Them, yeah, um, the range of characters, like they all felt like real, believable, individual people with interesting backstories and really good characters. There's a, another game that kind of stood out to me. It is a, a game on the wackier side of it's a puzzle game called Pants Quest. Did you ever get around to playing this one? Yes, I played Pants Quest. It was great. It's um really fun but bleak kind of experience. It really was. It really was. Another game with a cat in it, by the way. Yeah, I was just gonna say I like I sort of got hyper focused on feeding the cat and it <laughs> That's you know, get really excited when you find the treats, and it's like, nope, that's still not feeding the cat. That's his food. <laughs> yeah, I think we're we're getting to another theme of yours. You like point and click adventures, and you love games with cats. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, in Indie Hive have a um, list on Steam of games that have cats and dogs in. So, do you feel like you're a little partial to the cat side of the fence on the on the list? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Can't deny that I'm a cat person. I can understand that. I can understand that. But were there any other games you wanted to highlight? No, not I think of. Like I said, the other one I was going to mention was Wayward Strand, and you've just just brought that one up. So it's such a good game. It is such a good game. Yeah. More people should play that one. Just, uh, just all these sort of. It's either got to be heartfelt or creepy. Like I need emotion <laughs> or something disturbing. Yeah, with there's my, no in-between. With my cute art styles. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. That's funny. There's no in-between, huh? No, no. <laughs> That's funny. Get over here! So, Rachel, we've reached a segment of the show that I like to call the Pro Nerd Trivia Rapid Fire. Are you ready for this? Oh, absolutely not. But, yeah, let's go. Okay, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> in, in this segment, and the rapid-fire portion, a little di- a little bit different than our trivia portion, I'm just going to ask you random, nerdy, but also weird, eccentric questions, and 
you're just going to answer with the first thing that pops up into your head. So no pressure here. This isn't like super, super in-depth. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. So Rachel, does pineapples belong on pizza? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Who is the best Ninja Turtle? Donatello. Oh, that's mine too. Oh, so I, I, I'm very curious. We'll have to circle back to this and why you chose Donatello. But anyways, so if you were given one superpower, what superpower would you choose? Flying. Oh, just to fly? No, no Superman like abilities, just flight. Oh, if we can, we can go with multiple, sure. Make me Superman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but if you had to choose just one aspect of Superman, it'd be the flight, huh? Yeah, I think so. Okay, not too bad. Not too bad. All right, if you were stuck in a video game, which video game would you want to be stuck in? Everybody's gone to the rapture, as long oh. as I don't disappear. <laughs> okay, so which one would you not want to be stuck in? Brutal. Oh, why is that? Because it's set during a World War II, and it's a woman's experience sort of having forces come to her house and detain them and no. it's absolutely horrific and based on true events. The developer made it based on their grandmother's experiences. Oh, wow. Like going off on a complete tangent here, but yeah, definitely want to try check out. It's Is that is that one on Steam as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even know about this game, so thank you for putting that in, on my radar. I didn't even know about it. But let's see. Um, my next question then. All right. So you're faced with two different uh, two different roads here. You can live your life in the movie The Matrix, where you are the main character, or you can live your life in a Batman centric Gotham universe, where you are not Batman. You're just an average Joe. Which road would you take? Batman. Oh, really? Why is that? I don't. That's a lot of pressure being Neo. Like it is. It is a lot of pressure <laughs> being Neo. It really is. It really is. I feel like it's just as much pressure though being in Gotham City, where you are just a normal guy, and at any given moment, like all kinds of crazy batshit yeah. things can happen. To oh, it's. I mean, it's not the best place to live. I got to assume places are cheap as heck there. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Crime <laughs> rates are through the roof. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Okay, so if you can meet one gaming-centric celebrity, who would you want to meet? Ooh, Dan Bull. He's actually a mm -hmm. sort of nerdcore rapper, raps about games. But that'd, that'd be, be cool. fun to, to meet him. That'd be cool. All right, so we're rounding out with uh, the last of our questions here. We got a couple more for you. Video game soundtracks. Do you prefer something that's on the jazzy side, emotional side, creepy side, or uplifting emotional okay okay gotcha gotcha all right so you've played the last of us have you or anyone you know been playing god of war lately no no okay okay no. all right all right so besides indie games then what what mainline bigger titles really speak speak to you nowadays oh i don't think i've played any like triple a games this year apart from Last of Us 2. Okay, okay. In The Last of Us 2, are, do you agree with Ellie or do you agree with Abby? Ooh. 
Ellie. Okay, I can understand that. I can understand that completely. Did you enjoy playing as Abby? It was conflicting. I understand like, that. But yeah, I enjoyed the game. Like I know it's felt very strange at first to be put in the other you know, on the other side of things, but I think that's what made made it interesting. Yeah, it is very strange to be on the other side of the coin, so to speak, but you know, like it's oh, it's a coin that's so controversial at that point. You know, like with everything that was leading up to you playing as Abby, that is, it's it, it just felt different. It felt almost like foreign and wrong in a way. It was like yeah, oh, yeah, but it was a fun time. I love The Last of Us um, Part Two. I is still one of my favorite games of the of the PS4 generation. But I, ooh, that was a that was. A moment where you yeah. get to play as her for the first time, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know how I feel about you." <laughs> yeah, it's um uncomfortable to put it lightly. It is. It is. So, if you were in a video game and you had to eat video game food, what is there a certain game that you would be like, "I want to be in this video game because that food is immediately awesome. I want to try that food in that video game." Hipster cafe. <laughs> Hipster Cafe. Uh, that was the indie game that came out this year. What did you think of it? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's very silly, but I enjoy a bit of silliness. So, you know, making bizarre food and serving on a skateboard to pretentious phones. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it was fun. Is there a certain like dish from Hipster Cafe that you would really want to try? I made this bizarre thing with eggs and sausages and gave it a fancy like completely over the top top name and served it in a dog bowl like just just for the fun of it like that sounds pretty good though to be honest <laughs> the, the dog bowl thing aside that sounds actually pretty yeah. good i'm like it just it really just sounds like a common breakfast yep yeah so that's not too bad that's not too bad if you ha are you big into the marvel cinematic universe or the marvel world yeah okay mm -hmm. okay so who was right in the in the conflicts? Was it Captain America or Iron Man, in your opinion? Mm, that's a tough. <laughs> both it is a harder for different question. reasons. You said both for different reasons. Like you can sort of see both sides. Mm -hmm. But so I, I'm asking because, like Rachel, you now have the power of flight, as so say you earlier in this episode, yeah. and you you have to choose a side, and you have to choose a line in the sand that you're gonna. Which side of the line in the sand are you gonna stand with? What would you do in that situation? You're not Captain America. You're not Iron Man. You're you're one of the other like Avengers. Yeah. What would you do? Let's go with Iron Man. Oh, okay, okay. I feel like I'm a bit being a bit controversial saying that, but yeah, that's that's what we'll do. Okay, I can respect that. I can respect that. So, Rachel, you know, before we get to the the last question of the show, I gotta ask you just a, a normal question. What games are you looking forward to in 2023? Dead Pets Unleashed. What? I haven't heard of this one. What, what's the premise behind this one? I'm saying that I'm not hundred. I think it's planned. For release next year it's a it's by triple topping again the same people that did welcome to elk mm -hmm. um, that i mentioned earlier and you play as this sort of feminist demon that's 
got to manage a punk band and I've, I've played the demo, which is like the first two chapters, which is available on Steam. So you can check that out already. It's got a really funky art style, great punk music and some really fun mini games. Like this one where you have to go to work in a diner and you're, you're managing these tables and chucking demon burgers at them. And That sounds really good. I mean, it's a little bit not, not safe for work. There's some... Uh, <laughs> that type a, of game? Only mildly. Like There's a mini game where you have to clean a um, toy. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you put it. That's, that's yeah. so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> Okay, I'll have to add that to the witch list. Give me the title one last time so I'll make uh, sure I can spell it correctly. Dead Pets Unleashed. Dead Pets Unleashed. Adding it to the wish list. They should hire you for the marketing because I think you sold me. I think yeah, you good. sold me. <laughs> Good. That's funny. That's funny. So, all right. Before we go, though, where can the good people find you? Best places on the website, so indie-hive.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, YouTube, but you can find all that. Just go to the site and visit the contact us page. It's all there. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. But before we go, though, I, you know, I do have one last final fun question to ask. So for my guests, I like to do a segment to where I like to sort of like that thing where you go to a drive-thru and you and you found out someone's paid for you you know and they paid for your order and you are in turn the the lady looks at to you or the man that looks at to you the worker says hi would you like to pass it forward i'm asking you rachel what good vibes or what sort of like good advice or good message or quotes would you like to pass forward to the listeners today oh that's a nice question just everything's going to be okay. Like whatever you're going through is temporary. Things will get better. There's hopefully a lot of things to be happy about, even if they're small things to appreciate. That's really good. That's a good one. I really like that one. I really like that one. So Rachel, thank you for being on the show today. I'd love to have you back, you know, throughout the next year and talk about some really cool indie games that you're playing so oh yeah for sure for sure but in the meanwhile it's been fun having you on the show we're gonna have you back real soon yeah so we're at the point where we bid adieu what's your goodbye message to the audience is there a sign-off that you normally do on on your podcast i don't take care of that i'm I'm the shy one so (laughs) i'll just i'll just wish everyone well happy holidays and say goodbye well, ladies and gentlemen, that's been Rachel. You can find her at the Indie Hive. We want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And sayonara, everyone. Until next time, peace. So that's a wrap for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out to Rachel Brereton for being on the show today. I also want to remind you that if you have any questions that you'd like featured on any episode of the podcast, you can write in at thepronubreport.com slash the contact page. You can also write in your questions at the Single Player Experience Discord server. The Single Player Experience Discord server is also a great place to meet other single player gamers and to talk about good single player game experiences that you've had lately. And you can also get feedback on your video game backlog list. 
The link to join the free single player experience Discord server is in the show notes. I want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace. Peace.